Welcome to the Kingdom Influencing Podcast, and I'm your host, Derek L. Calhoun. KIP, for short, brings you an exclusive look at the nature of humanity as we interface with culture and society in and out of our relationship with God. It explores the unique and contrasting position of having a biblical worldview versus a secular or societal worldview. I will explore these topics using the powerful and dynamic tools of the didactic narrative, teaching a relevant truth through storytelling, biblical exposition, teaching Bible principles, and of course, real talk. My background scans a diversity of over 35 years of work in education, government, law, ministry, business development, and consulting, respectively. Each guest speaker will bring a variety of wisdom and insight to life topics and situations that we encounter on a daily basis. So all I need you to do now as listeners is to sit back and enjoy the podcast, spread the word about KIPP, the Kingdom Influencing Podcast, and I will be your host, Derek L. Calhoun. That's hashtag KIP, hashtag KIP. Help me to make KIP your favorite Friday podcast. Now, let's get started. Hey, Merry, 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 Merry Christmas. Jesus is indeed the reason for the season, and I just want to celebrate with you all and thank God for his birth into the earth. I know that the 25th was not his birthday, but it is the day and the time of year that we celebrate the living and the resurrected Christ, his birthday. And I'm hoping that all of you who are members of a church would, uh, as we give gifts to our family and friends, but that you would bring a special gift to the house of the Lord and drop it off at your church on this week, signifying a blessing to God. Uh, this is a tremendous time of year, one of my favorite times of year. And I just want to tell everybody, thank you. Now, you say you say thank you every week. Of course I do. I'm, I'm blessed to have you guys uh, as part of the uh, listening audience for this podcast. But I really want to say thank you because this podcast is exactly my 50th podcast. And that's a place where we need to celebrate uh I don't know if you've ever done a podcast before, but I never thought that I would make it this far when I first started. I could even imagine 50 podcasts. I mean, the first few podcasts, I was so nervous, I didn't know uh, what day it was. And uh, now to be able to look back and say, whoa, God has really done a good thing. He had begun a good work in me, and I know he shall complete it, but it's just amazing to uh, be able to celebrate 50 podcasts. This is my 50th episode. So celebrate with me and I want to celebrate with you because you all make it possible. If there was no listening audience, mm, I don't know, but there is a listening audience. We just picked up another country that I've never seen before on my um, uh, analytics. Nepal, uh, thank you guys. Nepal, uh, I hope you are enjoying this podcast and sharing it with your friends. All right, um, let's get started. I kind of want to 
go backwards, if you will, um, and just kind of address some things because it can become very precarious to people um, as it relates to where I'm going. What What is this influencing church and, and the, why are we discussing the influencing church and haven't we discussed some things very similar in the past? We have. We have discussed some things similar, but this becoming more apparent to me and I hope apparent to you that the body of Christ can no longer sit as a sleeping giant relegated to a Sunday morning service or a Wednesday night or Tuesday night, whenever you go to service, but that we have to become actively engaged in the world's issues and the world's culture. Um, why, why do we need to be actively engaged? Well, first of all, um, people need to know that we're here, that there is a light in this dark place, that that light is the light of God that lives within us. And so if there's a light living within us, then we are compelled by scripture to let our light so shine before men that they may see our good works and glorify our Father, which is in heaven, which is essentially an easy task if we are committed to serving the Lord. Uh, Joshua said this as he was closing out the latter years of his life. He said, as for me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord. So ask yourself the question today, are you committed to that? And if you're committed to that, how far will you go? How far are you willing to push the envelope? Madeline O'Hare, uh, at that time a confessed atheist, I believe, if my memory is correct, pushed the envelope so far that she was able to remove prayer out of the schools. I'm going from store to store in this southern region, in the Bible Belt, here in the state of Florida, and you don't hear Christmas music anymore because people are complaining about Christmas containing the name Christ, and so they don't want to hear Christmas music anymore. We see what would be considered Christmas decorations, uh, a celebration of Santa, but that's not why we're here. That That's not why we do what we do. And uh, even if you don't celebrate Christmas, if you celebrate Kwanzaa or, and you're still a believer, the, the point of the matter is that we have to become uh, more diligent, more vigilant. Uh, there's there's a, a, uh, uh, a proverb that simply says, if you don't stand for something, you will fall for anything. So here we are in a uh, evolutionary cycle in the history of the United States and there's been an attempt to remove all of the Ten Commandments off the walls of all of the courthouses. There's been an attempt to remove Bibles off of the desks of chaplains. I mean, we're in a state of postmodernism that is unequaled or unparalleled to any other time in history besides the first and second century. And so the reason I, I took you to the book of Acts on last week was for us to look at the antagonistic culture of the first and second century, to, to feel the pain of those disciples who uh, were apostles who were actually uh, whipped for their beliefs 
and yet they still stood the test of time. They came out of prison uh, with a, a clear mandate on their minds, uh, uh, came out of that kept season of captivity uh, with a clear mandate on our mind. And that mandate was simply that we're going to pray for boldness and we're going to continue to do what we were called to do because it's imperative that men follow God and not men. And so here we are today in a similar parallel uh, community where there's cancel culture and we can't be afraid to be canceled. As a matter of fact, if we were to go further and read the next chapter, chapter five, and we got some information out of chapter four about uh, how they were imprisoned and told not to preach the gospel. Well, this led to more consternation and more trouble because they continued to preach and thousands of souls continued to get saved. Now, we understand that much of this uh, 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 conundrum was surrounding the fact that if, and you have to see this, if people are surrounding the apostles outside of the church or in the church, but the apostles have more influence than the priests who are supposed to be running the church, you can see how that can be a problem. That can be a problem on so many levels, a financial problem, probably first and foremost, an ego problem, a territorial problem, and just a problem because it disrupted the status quo of the Sanhedrin and the religious order of that day. And so they, they taught again, uh, in the fifth chapter. And again, people were bringing folk to be healed uh, and they were laying hands and folk were being delivered and there were signs and wonders and, and miracles. And, and, and we have to ask ourselves today, well, what happened to the sign, the wonders and the miracles? Well, in order for those things to happen, in many instances, there must be an atmosphere of faith. There must be an atmosphere of belief. And to be very frank with you, in this country, we've gotten so far away from God that very few people have that kind of faith to believe that they can be healed by the power of God. Now, I personally know that God still heals. I still remember a time where an individual uh, had a, uh, a grapefruit-sized tumor in their body and they were pronounced to, to be dead in a few days. They called on us to come and pray. We prayed, the elders and myself, we laid hands on this woman. It was not a day later before they did x-rays again because she was getting better. And they found out that this inoperable uh, grapefruit sized tumor was now the size of a golf ball and it was operable and this woman would now live. But even closer to the heart of the matter, I've had my own brush with death. Many of you don't know, but from August, the uh, last week in August to probably the last week in September, I was stricken with COVID pneumonia. And literally my life was tossed upside down. It, it was such a, uh, a discomforting, um, distressful, stressful, distraught, distraughtful time in my life. It, it was, 
I don't have the vocabulary. That's why I'm struggling with the words because there's no vocabulary that I can think of that describes the hell that I actually went through for those four weeks. Starting with just, I, I'm in the process of finishing my final uh, review of my book and I couldn't even read it anymore. It absolutely made no sense to me as that COVID fog began to slip into my mental capacity. And then for weeks and days, thank God for my wife, I was unable to tell you what day it was, where I was, what I was doing. I was just going from day to day to day. And it took two weeks before I was able to kind of put some semblance of, of order and structure back in my life to be able to understand, oh, I've just had COVID. I've just went through the worst of it. But here's the thing. God delivered me. Every day when I was going through that, through the, that, that moment in time in my life, I felt like I wasn't going to be able to make it, but God delivered me. And so when I say God delivered me, I mean, he healed me. I mean, he restored my mind. I mean, he restored my health. He restored my breathing. My breathing was, was limited. I had to walk with an oxygen tank. You have no idea what this uh, uh, disease can do to an individual or a human body until you have it. And because its temperament is varied, we never know how it's going to affect or hit uh, uh, an individual, but it hits us all in different ways. And now here we are on the heels of Omicron. But let me, let me say this. Let me say this. The bottom line was it gave me insight to the temporary nature of man, to the very vapor-like existence that man has in the earth. So listen, while we are here in the earth, if we say we are Christians, if we say we are followers of Jesus Christ, then we must be willing to suffer for him because if we suffer for him, we will reign for him. And even as we are celebrating Christmas. What better way to celebrate it? Maybe you don't have an offering to bring to the church, but offer your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that we may prove what is that good, perfect and acceptable will of the Father. We can give ourselves as an offering this Christmas. Instead of just going to the gym and working out and exercising, and that's great. We ought to do those things. We ought to take care of the temple. But we ought to dedicate ourselves, rededicate our lives, because the question bears witness. What have you done for God lately? What exactly have we done for God lately? I mean, seriously. Going to church, we didn't really do anything for God. What have we done outside of the church? How are we influencing our community? How are we influencing our families? How are we living? Are we living in a way that coincides with the word of God? Or are we living in a way that customizes our Christianity to fit the modality and the operations of the world so that the world will not turn on us? 
How are we living? How are we really practicing our faith? Are we practicing our faith and living our faith out daily? Or are we squelched with our mouth shut in a corner just as long as we don't offend anybody? Well, they said this about Jesus, that Jesus is the chief cornerstone. They said he's precious. They said he's elect. But they also said to those who are disobedient to his word, to his word, that Jesus is a stumbling block, a rock of offense. So we cannot live for Christ, have him breathing inside of us through the power of the Holy Spirit. We live and have our being in him. And then everything's wonderful all of the time. When I do these podcasts, I gain some people. I lose some people. That's just the nature of the podcast. But I have to tell the truth. Speak truth to power. There are too many different uh, faiths out here and, and avenues of falsehood for people to go down today without uh, at me being on here uh, uh, sugarcoating what needs to be spoken as the truth. So, for example, syncretism. What is syncretism? When people combine, they, they make a goulash of religions, a goulash of the faith, where they may combine Christianity, a little Islam, drop a hint of, of, of uh, the Zodiac system in there and, and, and horoscopes and mix it all together and, and kind of come up with their own faith. Do you know how many people have never, ever read the Bible and yet they compel others to believe that they are Christians? Never read the Gospels. How can we call ourselves Christians when we've never read the Gospel of Jesus Christ? We have no idea what it says, I mean, on a, in, in the sense of continuity, from Matthew to John. What does it talk about? And what is our role as it relates to what it talks about? What is our responsibility? How did the Gospel get spread after the life of Jesus, after Jesus died on the cross and resurrected and ascended into heaven. What happened after that? Well, we haven't read the New Testament. We have no idea. What transpired before this, before Jesus came to earth? How were humans living? How were they measuring out and living out their faith? If we've never read the Bible, we have no idea. And so a lot of people come up with their own uh, uh, rational, rationalism for what the faith is, or they make up things that they constitute as the faith, things that they've heard. Like, for example, God bless a child that has his own. It's not a scripture. It never was a scripture. This too shall pass. It's not a scripture. It never was a scripture. It's a quote. We use it. It doesn't hurt, but it's not Bible. And so we have to read the Bible so we know what Bible is so that we can hear succinctly the voice of God. The more you read the Bible, the more you'll know the voice of God. And when we know the voice of God, it will help us to minister in a way that is consistent with his voice and consistent with his revelation. He will teach you how to talk to people in a postmodern world. He will teach you how to share, how to be harmless as a dove and wise as a serpent. God will teach us how to be effective witnesses in a canceled culture. But we have to stand up 
for the things that we know to be right. I love that story. As I was telling you, the apostles finished uh, teaching and immediately the Sanhedrin jumped on them, arrested them, threw them into prison, put guards around them. And, and yet the people outside of the prison were praying. That night, an angel came and opened the gates of that prison, let them out. They were given a mandate to go back into the synagogues, to go back into the place where they were arrested and begin to teach again. The next morning, when the Sanhedrin and the powers to be came to, to see them and to chastise them, they were gone. The soldiers were standing there. The doors were locked, but they could not understand how they got out of there. Well, the same God that released them from the prison unscathed and the same God that made a mockery of the detention system of that day is the same God that lives today. And so we fight from a position of strength. We fight from a position of power and we need to exercise that power and exercise that strength. We must be the influencing church. You've been listening to the Kingdom Influencing Broadcast. I hope you've been influenced today so you can go out and influence the nations. God bless and have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year.